For so many modern driven women, life is about being more than one thing. We're multidimensional and so are our conversations. We carry multiple identities. We can be both mother and artist, both attorney and entrepreneur, both clinician and CEO, both humble and proud. Life for women like us is about both, about all of the above. It's about the and. Our stories are the stories of so many of you. We wanted the freedom and flexibility to live life on our own terms, and we felt the pull to be more present to our families. But we still felt drawn to contribute, to build, and to create. And we wanted to establish financial security for ourselves and our children. For us, that looked like founding software companies and then a successful coaching and online course business. But for you, that may look different. Our mission is to help other women build and grow businesses on the internet. Starting up online can be overwhelming and isolating, but it doesn't need to be. We're here to share an insider's peek into the strategies and mental resilience it takes to create and run six and seven figure online businesses. As women entrepreneurs, only 2% of us will ever earn a million dollars. We've done it ourselves and we're on a mission to help you reach financial independence by chronicling our journey and sharing our proven playbook. Join us for honest conversations about what it really means to grow a business and build a life that aligns with your values and adds something meaningful to the world. I'm Sandy Connery. And I'm Jenny Barcelos. And you're listening to the And She Spoke podcast. Make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss any of the new podcasts that drop every single Tuesday. Welcome to the And She Spoke podcast. Today's episode is all about robots and how they are taking over the world. Hello, Sandy. <laughs> hey, Jenny. Okay, so this really is going to be, we should title it Jenny's Thoughts on AI and Online Business, because I've just really kept out of it. I've had my head right in the sand. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to look at it. I don't want it to exist, but it does. And so I do think this and your thoughts and what you've been watching and witnessing and playing around with is really important to all of us who are online creators. So, Jenny? Okay. Well, I think you have thoughts and opinions on it. We're going to tease those out here in this episode. I just want to say that I felt like you did for a long time, and you and I were both on the same page about this up until very recently, where I sort of realized, at least I believe now AI is here to stay in the creator economy and in our world in general. And I think that our power is going to come from knowing how to use it properly. And I also think there's an element of social responsibility and understanding how it works and also how like having an opinion on what we shouldn't be using it for. So yeah. I have spent the past few months really diving in. But before we do that, I want you just to explain what AI, because that's a big giant term, what AI specifically are we talking about? So AI is artificial intelligence and it is in all fields and walks of life as of 2023. But when we're talking about AI in this episode, we're talking about open AI, like chat, GPT-4, things like that. So the tools that are being used to create things, just like we're creators. So what are the robots able to create? So in terms of images, graphics, text, copy, lists, organizing images. skills, like those are the kinds of images. Yeah, those yeah. are the kinds of things that we're talking about here. And there's lots of other AI being used in contexts like data analysis and data science and like taking like large, vast scientific problems and trying to sort through data. Like that's not what we're talking right. about here. But there was the release of ChatGPT recently, which is, I think, 
when you really started becoming interested in playing with it because it was accessible to the average folk like us. Yeah, so ChatGPT4 just came out and it's created by a company called OpenAI, which is super interesting. That is a whole other episode in and of itself. And the fact is that OpenAI has a female CTO, a young woman, which we should have a whole other episode and conversation about, who's very, very deeply interested in and concerned with how AI is being used. I think that's partly because she's female. (laughs) She's confronting that head on as a technologist. But beyond that, yeah, we're talking about how are the robots coming in to disrupt the kind of work, the daily work that you and I and people like us do? Where are the opportunities for us to use it? Where should we be careful? And how is this going to change the landscape of businesses like ours in the coming years and months? So before we do that, can you just talk about what chat GPT-4 is and what it's like to use it? So it is like an interactive little bot that you can speak plain language to. So you can type little commands like, have a look at this website and summarize it for me in one sentence or read the scientific paper and explain it to me as if I'm a six-year-old. Like you can interact with it like that. So it's kind of like Google on steroids if Google was like a little robot friend. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you could do things. It doesn't just display. It goes and like, yeah, like does tasks for you and does like complex problem solving. So, you know, when you're interacting with Google, you're like, what kind of stone is found in, you know, the foothills of, you know, Catalonia. Like you can ask Google like very point blank questions, right? And we've gotten to the point where we're used to just like asking this robot anything, right? Google is very much a little robot interface. But ChatGPT4 is like, okay, read this website, analyze it, then give me 15 steps I could take to emulate what this person is doing on this website and then write five social prompts to get me attention for my copycat of this thing. Like you can have it do multi-step functions and take in information that you're feeding it. Like Google is one way. It's like analyzing the internet and feeding you information and you can feed information to chat GPT-4 and well, chat GPT, and then have it spit information out back at you. And so you, I believe, used it this morning. Would you care to share what you did with it this morning? Yeah. yeah. So I use it all the time. But this morning, for example, we wrote, Joe on our team wrote, drafted a press release. I edited it. I took it. We were quite happy with it. It's a release about a new feature. And I pasted our text into chat GPT-4 and said, please analyze this text and give me five Instagram captions based on this release. And so then it did that, gave me five captions. And I said, okay, those are fine, but I'd like more information in each caption. And I would like you to look at our website. And this is for our software company, heymarvelous.com, analyze this website and now try with conversion copy to encourage people to sign up for this product on this website based on this new feature release. That's pretty cool. And so obviously, how much editing would you have to do with the five? Very, very little. In this situation. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I have to give it multiple prompts like, okay, now go do – instead of editing, I chose to go back to the robot and say, okay, not good enough. Now do this. Okay, no, now make it three sentences instead of one. No, now – you know, like 
I could have edited those things with the original Mm -hmm. output from the robot, but I just go back to the robot and it's like a little worker bee. And I'm like, no, that's not good enough. Go back and fix this. No, that's not good enough. Go back and fix this, right? Go add this thing in. So it's either or. You can ask the robot to revise it for you or you can revise Mm -hmm. it yourself. Mm -hmm. And then if you were to do that next week with a different blog post or press release or whatever, would it remember what you just taught it based on it reading Hey Marvelous or would you have to give it the prompt again? Again, like, go look at this website. This is our audience. This is what we're saying. So I have, like, in ChatGPT, I have, like, different files, I guess. I don't know what all of the nomenclature is. And so within a given file, I can open it up and continue the conversation, and it remembers the previous interactions. I don't believe, like, if I were going to open a new file, I don't believe I can, you know, have it, like, go look at this other file that you did for me last week. Maybe. Mm -hmm. I've actually never tried that. I'm sure it's coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the kind of thing that's all going to be here soon. But that's not how I use it. Because every time you put something in the input and then you have to reference heymarvelous.com or our quintessential client or whatever, it'd be just great if it could remember this sense of who we're trying to speak to so you don't have to keep giving it those prompts every time. But Yes. And actually, there's an aside I just want to say too. This is kind of the most horrifying thing that I the most horrifying encounter that I've had with the robot so far, which was like late one night a couple of weeks ago, I was playing with little chat GPT4 and I just wanted to give it a little challenge. And I said, okay, so I'm thinking my favorite poet, one of my favorite poets is Mary Oliver, the late great Mary Oliver. And I was like very homesick for my home, which is an island in the Pacific Northwest, like where one of our houses is. And I just said, write a poem about this island. And I named the island in the voice of Mary Oliver. (laughs) And the little robot, damn, wrote me a poem. (laughs) And I changed like two lines in the poem. And I think it's like legitimately (laughs) a really good fucking poem. (laughs) Oh, my God. And I was like, oh, my God. The robot just like reincarnated Mary Mary Oliver. Oliver. Like I just. It was shocking to me. I changed like two things that I was like, eh, that's a little off. But it was beautiful. Like I would have – if I had heard someone read this poem at like an open mic night or if I had seen this in a book, I would have like thought, well, this is a great piece of poetry. I'm just putting that out there. Okay. So for those of us (laughs) that – I don't even know what to say to that. That's terrifying. For those of us that are online creators and, you know, putting out content and posting on social – How do you think, like, who is this really going to affect job-wise? Yeah, so I think it's going to affect kind of mid-level and lower-level worker, like, white-collar workers. Like, I think, for lack of a better term, I don't know if we're allowed to say that word, but I think that's still the word we use for that. But, like, people who are social media managers, people who are, like, administrative assistants or marketing assistance, like that is going to either those jobs are going to change dramatically or go away because you can ask ChatGPT for or any like, and then there's a whole host of other tools. We're really just talking about one, but I've used a bunch and there's just, you know, countless new AI driven tools created every day. Those tools can just do kind of that low to mid level work Mm -hmm. just as good, if not better. Like all the things that I used to hire someone on Fiverr for, or that we've hired people on Upwork or like any kind of agencies, like I think a lot of that level, like people who have those jobs, I think shouldn't be scared, but they need to 
consider either how to kind of get really good at using these yeah, tools and, and having that be part of their job right. or they need to start thinking about other ways to work. Yeah. It would save like the online entrepreneur, like the like our clients, for example, it could save them a lot of time if they're sitting and having to write five Facebook posts, they could just dump their blog post into chat GPT-4 and it would spit out social posts, right? So th- in that way, it could save time. It could save money from not having to hire someone to do that because that's significantly less time to punch it in, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like playing with a prompt this morning. I'm on like a lot of newsletters around AI now. And like I was playing with a prompt that I got in one of my newsletters this morning that was like, look at my LinkedIn profile. Give me three suggestions for how to optimize my LinkedIn bio and incorporate my job at blank doing blank into my LinkedIn profile. Like that's the kind of stuff it does. Like normally you would have you know, a social media assistant do that kind of work, or you might hire, you know, you might hire somebody to help you with that, or you might do it and take an hour doing it. That's the kind of thing that's going to save you time and money. On the flip side, I do want to emphasize that at this point, the work of the robot is only as good as the prompts and the inputs. So I think that that's going to become like a very specialized craft that we're all going to have to get good at asking good questions and creating good prompts because like, here's what you shouldn't do with AI. I'm just going to say to our clients and our audience, you should not go to the robot and say, write me a blog post about XYZ topic. Don't do that because that's what a hundred million other people are doing. And it's going to create mediocre garbage. Like there used to be a value in writing blog posts that were like, what are the five best cameras to use when you get started teaching online? Or what are the five best herbs to deal with stomach bloat? If you're like all of that, the AI is going to write just, it's not going to be necessarily like wrong. It might be, you need to fact check everything, but it's just going to be like so much competition for kind of that niche site crap post, (laughs) you know, like your value now becomes in your ability to understand a tool, understand how to connect to your audience, how to create real meaning and connection and community. That's the kind of stuff that's going to break through the noise of AI and help you build an audience and make sales. You're all fired up about your business until you have to go and market it, talk about it, promote it. All of that feels so heavy, hard, and overwhelming. We know that your business will flourish when you become comfortable promoting your work. And for that reason, we created Visible, a program that helps women amplify their voice in a world that tries to keep them quiet. Build an audience around your body of work and not just your body. So forget everything you've been taught about marketing. Visible is your fastest route to building an audience of raving fans that can turn into paying clients. And side bonus, you can ignore trend alerts on Instagram. Join Visible today at joinvisible.co. So do you think that I'm sure there's people who might be thinking like, why should I even try or bother? Because to put my voice and to create a body of work out there, because it's just going to be so crowded. What do you say to those people? I think that you have to be good and you have to want it. Like, and the only way to get good is by doing. So I think you have to put out some mediocre stuff when you first start. But I mean, look, 
for the early days of the internet, like depending on how far back you go, my observation is that like the earlier back you go, the more you could get away with being mediocre and like rise to the top because you were the only thing or one of the only things out there. As the internet has gotten more crowded, I mean, we've been saying this for years, like your work has to speak to someone. It has to stand out from the crowd. Like that's still the same. It's just the crowd is also going to be filled now with not just people creating mediocre crap. It's going to be filled with robots creating mediocre crap that is like going to far surpass the amount of mediocre crap that we've ever seen. Like it's going to get really hard. I think SEO, yeah, I think SEO is going to perhaps go away. Like I'm just I don't know. There's a lot of different opinions on this. Like, I think SEO is going to either change dramatically or in the next like three years, like start to go away. I think that, again, human connection, like you being something, as Seth Godin would say, something remarkable, something that stands out is going to matter more than ever. Like, I don't think the fundamental rules have changed at all. I just think that the playing field is going to be very crowded for the people operating sort of in the lower middle level. So just don't be there. Don't do that level work. (laughs) I also wanted to talk about the training of the AI to sound like our voice. So you had taken, you and our our CTO had taken a, a bunch of my emails and like trained the robot to talk or write like me. And just explain that process. Yeah. So I did not do this, but I was aware of the process. Our CTO took some of your writing, some of your conversion copy, like sales emails, and created a little bit of a model and then asked the robot, I don't know which robot he was using at the time, to write some other emails launching a different product. Like he was just making it up to see what it would do. And like, I know you were not happy with the results of those emails, but I do think They were better than just asking the robot to write sales emails for a product without having read your writing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So as the creator of those emails, I would never in a million years use those. It was very Frankenstein-y to me. It was all bits and pieces are joined together. And I get it. Like that's how it thinks. But I would have to do significant editing to that. And then I would just rewrite. I just wouldn't use it. But what I was thinking is if I wanted to sound like Brene Brown or you know, Seth Godin, if I wanted to have that kind of sound and that authoritative and super succinct and, you know, that kind of voice, I would be interested in like putting in Seth's little posts every week, you know, and training it to talk, help me to talk like that. Like, I think that's kind of cool when you're beginning and you don't define your voice for yourself. Yeah. Or just even to get something down on paper. Yeah, like a starting I, point. Mm-hmm. So first of all, like you're a pretty masterful copywriter. Like that is not who this is. Like in this context of writing, that's not who this is for, right? Chat GPT for if you are comfortable and confident in your writing, I do think that there's ways you can use AI to maybe streamline your process. Like you can like do things like you're outlining, like create rough drafts. Like for some people, it's really helpful not to have a blank screen. But I also think a lot of people really struggle with writing in general. And in those cases, these emails or social posts or what have you are better than A, nothing, which is what they're doing maybe now, or B, what they would do on their own. Like I do think that the robot is a better writer than a lot of people. And so if you are a good writer, at this point in time, the robot may not be a better writer than you. I do think it's 
coming. <laughs> like if I do think if we trained a model, Sandy, on, you know, 10 years of your writing and someone really invested a little time in refining that model, I think you would be more impressed with it. I do think that that is coming. So I don't think we should be surprised when that happens. I still don't think it's going to be able to do some of the same wordplay that you do. Like there's something very human about copywriting that I don't think we're going to replicate. But I think for most people cannot write like that. And so I do think for like just clarity and communicating an idea and communicating facts like this event is happening on this day, bring your friends, sign up here, that kind of thing, the robot's very capable of doing like taking a bullet list of facts and turning that into a piece of writing that's accurate. Yes, the robot is good at that. And that does save time. I want to talk about sales pages because this is something that all online creators need to create. If you're going to sell anything, you got to create a page about it. I know in our Luminaries program that sales pages are one of the most common things that we critique And it it can be fairly formulaic, right? Like there's sort of a layout on the page that you want to present the information to the reader or to the potential client. So what's going on in that world? I'm leading you. You see me? I'm leading you. You are baiting me. And so here's the thing. This is why I'm more interested in AI now because we made a decision in our software company a number of months ago to incorporate AI into the platform. And so, of course, the responsibility then is to learn what's possible and what are the pitfalls. And so we decided to focus on where people are struggling the most, which is around marketing and specifically around creating sales pages. And so by the time this episode is out, we will have released it, at least in beta, something called Marvelous Magic Pages, which is a one-click sales page generator incorporating AI. And it's not just copy, it's also design, which I think is also pretty profound. So, you know, as you and I are like little dinosaurs, pterodactyls flying around the internet, we've been at this for a while. Like you used to have to spend a lot of time and money on making a sales page. And obviously tools have gotten more streamlined and better in recent years, but it's still like no small task to make a sales page. And often that is the thing that's delaying the launch of an offer or a product, right, is like, well, we got to get the sales page done. So what we decided to do in Marvelous was to be kind of first, like I have not seen anyone else doing this because we already have an online platform where people are creating online products every day within the product interface. Once that product has been named and some like a short description of what the product is has been entered into the product builder. There is now the option to hit generate page magic wand. And within about 180 seconds, a sales page is generated, like the entire thing (laughs) based on what's in that product. And of course, it's not going to be perfect, but it is hell of a lot better than starting from a blank screen. Yeah, this is where a start, because people, especially when you're new, you're like, after a sales page, like what? And this is like, it's got the divs, it's got it in the right order, you know, it's chosen a headline for you based on the description or the title of what you're selling. And you can just go in there and like, you have something to start from. Like, it's so helpful. And then if you have multiple teachers in this example, or coaches or whatever, it will pull in the bios of each of those teachers without you having to write because that and the pictures. So whatever the input is what you've put inside your marvelous site, you know, your dates, your calendar, your instructors, the words, how you're describing the program product, 
and it pulls it into the sales page. It's damn cool. It's pretty cool. And it writes sections, right? Like, so if you've listed the benefits in a bullet list and you're a little about section that you filled out, it will take each of those bullets and like write a sentence about them. Like, and again, edit as needed, right? It's a robot. It only knows the little bit that you gave it and what you've uploaded right into that product. It can see your title. It can see what kind of product you've made. But the pages are different based on whether it's a membership or a course like or a class card or a group coaching program. Like They're different. you know. So some of this is the robot and some of this is our team and our team's expertise in knowing how to craft a design and a flow based on these different kinds of online products. So it's like a little bit of magic from both sides there. But it's like, it's literally like two, three minutes and you have like a very good rough draft, (laughs) you know, like a very viable rough draft sales page with like the design, like, and you can like, we're drawing in your imagery that you've put into the product. Like those things are being drawn into the sales page and you can like with a click change it you know, with a Canva image or change it with an Unsplash image, like all of that is just connected and built in. Like you can walk away in a few Mm -hmm. minutes with something that you can go to market with. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is revolutionary in this industry. I think actually for online business standpoint, that is like the most powerful thing I've ever seen the AI do for like a marketing thing, as opposed to, you know, of three sentence social posts. It's like, okay, but this, I think the visual aspect of it is so beautiful that you don't expect it. You expect it to be like gray with black text or something, but it's designed. Like it's beautiful and basically instantaneous. Like it's incredible. So well done to you and the team. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, a big, a big thanks to the team and our CTO and sort of leading the charge there. And, you know, he saw the value of AI long before we did. And we had to come around, I know, in our own time. But I think that the tools are such now that it was it's something that made sense. Like, you know, a year ago, even what you could do with AI was like, wah, wah. it yeah. was like such a sad yeah. kind of was, output yeah. that it was like, well, I don't know. But now we're getting to the point where the output is pretty compelling and cool. So, and if this is bringing in your colors and everything. So, you know, we will maybe be the first <laughs> to do this. We will certainly not be last. We are really good at being first to market, Sandy. Like, I just feel like that is kind of our, like, I just want kind of that on my name badge, like early, early to market, like <laughs> too early <laughs> usually. But in this case, I don't think it's too early. I think we're right on time. So I just, I think it's going to be really fun. And I think it's going to be fun to play in the space, right? Because this is a place that's not dominated by people like us. And so this is an industry and like, again, another place in like the tech world where voices like ours are not really participating. Again, like that's why I want to do that conversation, that episode about the woman who is the CTO of OpenAI, like one of the most you know, powerful women kind of in tech, Mm -hmm. but but it's still women are few and far between. And so playing a role, Mm -hmm. I feel like is important. Okay. We need to wrap this up. So let's move on to joy and hustle. Joy. You have the joy. Oh, the joy. Yeah. You know what? I just has nothing. It's like the opposite of AI. It is a beautiful fiction book that I recently read 
It's called The Last Beekeeper. The author is Sia or Saya Charabi. It's her first novel ever. She started it in a creative writing class as a short story and turned it into an entire novel. And it's about a family in Pakistan, I believe, in a forest where there's these black bees that are very hard to get to and sort of lots of myth and lore about them. And it's just a beautiful simple, heartwarming story about this little boy who realizes that he's the actual last. He's been called to keep the bees, these black bees, and they connect with him. And anyway, it's just a gorgeous, lovely, heartwarming, that's the right word, story. And on June 3rd, I am getting two hives coming my way. So I want to have this like romantic experience, which I'm sure won't be this. I'll be stung and like red and swollen, but I just, I just think there's such a magic between human and bees and I'm fascinated by it. And this little story was, so it's appropriate for those of you who have no plans to beekeep. It's beautiful. (laughs) Okay, Jenny. Well, I love your bee hobby and I love that you were reading fiction because I am sadly missing fiction in my life right now. Okay. So the hustle is of course, Marvelous Magic Pages. If you are listening to this and you are not a Marvelous customer, I highly encourage you to head on over to heymarvelous.com and sign up because Magic Pages are complimentary for the time being for solo and pro plans and up. And so that may likely not be the case forever. So if you want to get in on this and have like seriously complimentary free one-click sales pages, You'll save a lot of time and money and get in early, be an early adopter and um, and play with it. It's really fun. It's so if this fun. is where you want to dip your toe into AI, come on in. We make it a soft landing. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Thanks, Jenny. Thanks for your thoughts. Thank you, Sandy. See you next time. This podcast is brought to you by Marvelous. Marvelous helps you build and grow your own courses, memberships, and live streamed programs. Go from idea to open for business in just minutes. If you're looking for a simple, beautiful, custom branded platform to build and grow your online business, you can learn more at heymarvelous.com.